Hey, podcast listeners. Thanks for joining us for the All Saints Lutheran Sermon Series of Podcasts. We're so delighted that you've landed on this page, and we ask that you contextualize yourself by reading the descriptor. Enjoy, and let us know what you think. Mark, the first chapter. Now, after John was arrested, Jesus came to Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God and saying, The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. As Jesus passed along the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And Jesus said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fish for people. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. As he went a little further, he saw James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John, who were in their boat mending the nets. Immediately he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men and followed him. This is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Thanks be to God. Friends, through the power of the Holy Spirit, may God's grace, mercy, and peace be with you through our Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. There is something special happening in our texts today, and if we aren't paying attention we might just miss it. In the Gospel of Mark, Jesus is passing along the Sea of Galilee, calling out to Simon and Andrew, who are in the middle of their workday as fishermen. They are literally casting their nets into the water to draw in the fish. And he invites them to follow him. Without any previous relationship with him, without any knowledge of who he is, without any debate amongst one another, in this text, they just leave their nets, leave their boats, and follow would do that. And even just to emphasize this point, it happens again. Jesus goes further and sees James and John fishing with their father Zebedee and their other hired hands, and he calls out to them, telling them to follow him. And they do. They leave everyone behind and follow him. There's no argument in this story, at least not in the text we get from Mark. Jesus calls, and the disciples immediately respond. Have you ever heard someone say something that is just so compelling, you didn't stop to think, you just listened, and you listened so intently that it led you to immediately act? We see something similar happening in the story of Jonah. If you remember the full story of Jonah, God calls out to Jonah tells him to go to Nineveh and tell the people to repent because God is going to destroy their city. And Jonah turns and runs away. But eventually he returns. And what he says to the people is not repent because God's going to destroy the city. What he says is 40 days more and Nineveh shall be overthrown. He doesn't deliver the full message that God told him to. But And actually, even further, he doesn't even tell them to repent. He just says that their city will be overthrown. And it's even not clear from the text if he's shouting this from the rooftops or if he's saying it to one person on the street corner or maybe just whispering it where no one will hear. And yet, somehow, this message gets conveyed from Jonah all the way up to the king who hears it and hears this message that the city will be overthrown and realizes it needs to change. And he immediately calls for repentance for the whole city. 
even though that's not the message that Jonah delivered. It's what God told Jonah to deliver, but it's not what Jonah actually did. And God changed God's mind. The city repented, and God repented. And so even though Jonah didn't proclaim the exact message that God had instructed him to preach, God's words were still heard. Something incredible happened here, and it's a little hard to grasp just how it happened, because it doesn't quite make sense. God is speaking in both of these texts, one through Jesus, then through Jonah. And God is continuing to speak today through each of us. But are we listening? You see, when Jesus calls out to these first four disciples, they hear his voice. Maybe they see something special in Jesus himself, but either way, they turn to go and follow Jesus. And in Jonah, the people of Nineveh hear this ominous warning without a single word about God or faith or repentance or anything. And yet, through that warning, they do still hear God's voice calling to them, and in turn, they respond in faith. In the early 2000s, there's a film called Bruce Almighty. Bruce is driving down the road, and out of desperation, he's had one of the worst days of his life. He just is praying in his car and asks God to give him a signal. And just at that time, a road sign, construction sign, turns on right next to him that says, Caution ahead. But he misses it and keeps on driving. Then he asks, continues just being like, God, give me a sign. And immediately a construction truck turns in front of him, loaded up with signs saying, stop, caution, wrong way. And instead of paying attention to the sign that he just asked for, Bruce cusses out the driver, switches lanes, and speeds on ahead. Finally, he tries to bargain with God, grabs this rosary from his car, and as he tries to make this bargain, he hits a pothole and the rosary goes flying into the back seat. And then he's so frustrated by all of these things going wrong, that were all signs to pay attention, he stops paying attention and hits a light pole. (laughs) God, in this film, sent Bruce warning after warning. And while Bruce was outwardly asking for a sign, he wasn't able to recognize any of the signs that came his way. I expect this is similar to how we might feel if we ask God for a sign. Do we actually expect God to respond with a sign or a signal? Or are we so fully expecting there to not be a sign that when a sign arrives, we don't notice it? A few years ago, uh, Bishop Elizabeth Eaton, the bishop of the entire ELCA, announced that one of the goals for our denomination is to engage with one million new young people in the next decade. And the places where I think this will be impacting the most are going to be in our campus ministries on college campuses and camping ministries at various ELCA camps around the nation. I grew up attending and eventually working at Luther Dell Bible Camp. And of course, you've heard this morning from Olivia about Luther Crest Bible Camp. And these are some really amazing places. Well, I realize most of you are not in the ages that are teenagers, youth going to camp anymore. I do think the value of our camping ministries really aligns with this message of the text today. 
You see, when our youth are at camp, they get a space away from home where they don't have to worry or focus about the challenges of life around them, who is doing or saying what, who is dressing a certain way, or who has the newest thing that is in style. But instead, they get a week of intentionally building their faith, building community with one another, and getting to have a more intentional space for God to speak to them. And they get to enjoy all of this without all of the other needs of life yelling at them at the same time. And in those spaces, it is easier to hear God's voice. As adults, for you, it is also important for you to have these spaces where you can sit and listen, to be able to retreat away from life to where you have a space to listen for God's voice. Now, I fully realize it's harder as adults to get a week away. You've got a lot of added roles and responsibilities that we simply don't carry as children. But when you can take a faith-filled or faith-focused retreat, you get a chance to leave behind the stressors of home and look at the bigger picture. You can step back and ask the question, where is God at work in my life? What is God calling me to do? And instead of giving the gut reaction response like you might do in the hallway after after church, I should say, uh, you get to sit with that question for multiple days. And you are then in a space and a place where you can recognize maybe some of those signs or signals that God is trying to give you in your life. Now looking at our text from scriptures once more, we noticed that something was happening but couldn't figure out why or how. Jonah said that the city would be overthrown, and the city believed him and responded with faith and repentance. Jesus called the disciples, and immediately they listened to him and followed the call. Now, maybe we dismissed this because it was simply too obvious to recognize. But what seems to be happening is that God is calling, and people are listening. God called to the people of Nineveh, and despite Jonah only delivering part of God's message, the people listened. Jesus called to the disciples while they were at work doing some of the hardest parts of their day, and the people listened. God is calling you today. Through God's word and the meal, God is equipping you today. And now how God calls you to follow may be different from one person to the next. It's unique for everyone. But know that you are being called and you are being equipped. And God is going to continue to work through you for the sake of the world.